0: We
1: don't have to abandon the the younger woman, the younger versions that we are. It's really developing and cultivating and nurturing and tilting and harvesting just a new relationship with ourselves.
0: Black women are tired in a world that constantly demands more from Black women I am giving Black women permission to join me in actively opting out of societal expectations that are weighing us down. The Black Women Opt Out is more than just a podcast. It's a movement towards owning our freedom, reclaiming our time, and opting in to softer expectations for ourselves. Join me, Deandra Coleman, on this transformative journey as I explore insightful conversations practical strategies, and inspiring stories that resonate with your soul. Welcome back to the Black Woman Opt Out Podcast. I am your host, DeAndra Coleman, and I am so glad for you to be here today. Today's guest is so amazing. Um, I want to share the story of how I came about knowing her. Um, But first, let me just read a little bit about her and introduce her to you guys. Author, storyteller, and curator Chloe Louvueso amplifies voices, stories, and conversations to progress social impact-driven, creative-forward, and gender-inclusive issues. She supports narrative change through creative production, delivering human-centered stories and creative content that drives narratives of underrepresented communities through the lens of power and nuance in partnership with creatives, organizations, and foundations, including at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, where she is a senior producer. As author of Life, I Swear, intimate stories from Black women on identity, healing, and self-trust Chloe's writing and speaking is driven by discourse on identity and healing. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here, Chloe. I am so excited to have you. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and what brought you to the work you're doing today? Ah, thank you so much for having me. I am looking forward to this conversation.
1: Um, it's one I, I often have with myself and with other women. Um, so a little bit about me, you know, I just wrote something that I often don't talk about what I do because what I do is who I am Mm -hmm. and I'm a woman's woman. I'm a global citizen. And when I talk about identity, that's really important to my story. Um, and I am just passionate about storytelling. I think storytelling is really the the healing tool that has gotten me kind of over many humps and through many dark places. It's also, you know, when I, you're, when listening to my own bio is, is a little awkward sometimes, but um, power and nuance of mm-hmm. stories is really important to mm-hmm. um, kind of just carry us into the light. And I try to do that in my work. I try to do that in my relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try and do that with myself, just, by extension of offering myself grace and being my, hopefully my best coach I can be, um, but who I am. I mean, I think the bio covers it. I really um, am trying to get to a place where who I am and what I do and what I offer the world are all intertwined and and aligned and connected um, so that I can just live more fluidly.
0: Mm, yeah. Living more fluidly is so appealing to me um, because I think that in recent years, I would say more so than any other time in my life, you know, as I kind of approached and turned 40, and now hereafter. I just kind of felt like things were just piecemealed together, right? It's like in silos. My life was kind of in silos where I had the mom silo here. I had the daughter silo here, you know, the business owner, and everything was just so disconnected. Yeah. Even though I thought that things were like, you know, this is who I am. Everything moves smoothly and I get through one thing and move on to the next. And living with fluidity these days and just kind of, letting things be is how I'm operating. And it's often scary, but it's liberating at the same time to just go with the flow. And I I had somebody explain to me that going with the flow versus moving with the current is very different. Mm, Explain that. Okay. So she (laughs) said- When you're going with the flow, there's you're just bobbing on the water, right? You're going, you're moving this way, you're moving that way, whichever way that the current is kind of, whichever way the wind is blowing, you're going, right? There's rhyme or reason, but going and moving with the current and letting that push you and propel you Mm. is driven. It has direction, right? So when people say, oh, I'm just going with the flow, she says that indicates just you don't have any direction in your life, you know, intention intention in your life. But when you're moving with the current, you're still allowing the water, so to speak, to take you wherever it's going and to trust the process. But there's direction, there's intention, Mm -hmm. right? So I try not to say going with the flow anymore. But when I say moving with the current, people don't really (laughs) get it. Uh, so. I get
1: it. I I love that. I mean the the moving with the current to me is also like leveraging the power of nature, mm-hmm. like and that could be the power of the the, the force of the universe yeah. and and accepting where it's taking you. There's like a relationship you're having with the nature, the movement, the direction. I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. So I do want to put a pin in this conversation so I can let everybody know how I actually came into your existence, so to speak, Um, because I believe in serendipity um, and that there are no mistakes that happen. So my uncle, fabulous uncle that he is, my favorite uncle in the world, who happens to also be one of my best friends and godfather, uh, was having a 60th birthday party. And (laughs) so I don't even know if I told you this part, and my brother might kill me if Mm if he to the podcast so my brother came in from la and i'm always like a wing woman like on the hunt for who might be like a good fit for him to talk to right mm-hmm. so so anyways <laughs> so i see this beautiful woman dancing in this black dress with curly hair and i was like that's the type of woman that he needs to be with like super fun and super cute and da-da-da. mind you i didn't know you from anywhere i didn't know that you were engaged i think at the time and like almost to be married like a away from marriage <laughs> <laughs> didn't know this Um, And we did not have a chance to meet at my uncle's birthday party, but I had noticed you and I was like, oh, she's a super cute woman, whatever. And then as I'm moving into research for this podcast, I was researching Black women who tell Black women's stories, you know, who really advocate for us owning our own narratives and creating the space that we want to live in. And I came across this the book, Life, I Swear, and I was like, that is such a dope like title you know <laughs> like like I swear like it's so indicative of our thoughts kind of behind the scenes all the time when you're just like I can't believe this is what's going on you know just like whatever and so i it was on amazon and i opened it and i start like going through the amazon and i was like this sounds amazing like super amazing so i start researching you know this chloe woman and i'm like who is this you know what does she do and i see this picture and i'm like wait a minute she looks super familiar. And I'm, I'm going through it more. And then I go back through like my uncle's photos from his party. And then I went to your Instagram page and I saw that I saw my cousin Christy and Robert were at like your wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, this is the wow. same person. And so I got an introduction through my uncle. And again, kismet, right? Like nothing happens inconsequently. Everything happens for a reason. And you know, you were so gracious to accept a, a meeting with me mm-hmm. and here, but I just you I know love I love how the stories behind how <laughs> things come to be, right? I I love that. Um yeah,
1: no, I think there I think good people are like one to two degrees separated. And let me tell you, I had so much fun at the party. <laughs> it was great. It
0: was fantastic. It was a good time. Yeah. So, I want to talk a little bit a little bit about reinvention and rewriting your narrative. What are your thoughts on women who are feeling the pull to change and really create their own story from this moment forward mm-hmm. in their life?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's always available to us. And I think if there's one th- like one theme that has come up for me, in the last few years since i've been super intentional about my own healing is that like evolution and reinvention change and new beginnings and joy are all available to us and once i i think i kind of unlocked that for myself because i always you know had contingencies on the accessibility of reinvention or 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 change which would lead to joy, um, but once I unlock that it's available to us right now. It, it really, um, you know, I I play a lot with with language, yeah. and in my work we play a lot with language. I'm in the business of of writing and and um, communications, um, and a theme that's been coming up a lot, even in my work, is that. Women don't have to find their power. They just, they already have it Mm -hmm. within us. We just have to claim it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's um, the idea of reinvention. And I I was just having a conversation the other day that transitions are so exciting for me. Um, I Even us, other people's transitions are so exciting for me. Really? <laughs> yes, because they are the most inconvenient, mm-hmm. um, sometimes terrifying, mm-hmm. uncomfortable um, experiences that we have at certain junctures in our lives. Um, but through that, so, I mean, the way that we are stretched in our decision-making, there are things, so many things that we are called to do in transition and transition from who we once were into who we could be even that reinvention, whether it's, you know, intentional reinvention or just natural evolution. I think what happens in transitions is just that we are, we are called to to step into a power that we didn't even know we had. Yeah. And and we can't even learn our new self until we do that. Mm-hmm. Um and I just I just love the stretch. I love the pull. I love the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into transitions in retrospect. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not fun going through it. It's not, but I, I just I do want to I do want to remind myself and for other women to know that reinvention is available to us. And I also want us to like revisit that word reinvention. It's, it, I think it's more discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, when, it, when I think of reinvention, I think of out with the old, in with the new as the person that I am. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that You know, we talked about fluidity in terms of, you know, alignment in in what we do. But I I also want a a fluidity in our sense of self that we don't have to abandon, you know, past habits and past or past past identities that were attached to habits or decisions or mistakes or traumas. We don't have to abandon the the younger woman, the younger versions that we are. It's really developing and cultivating and nurturing and tilting and Mm -hmm. harvesting just a new relationship with ourselves.
0: Yeah. And there's
1: so much discovery that can come from that that Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's it's not necessarily a reinvention, but it's really a reimagining. It's really a reimagining of what we could be using the tools, the essence, the spirit, the lessons, the wisdom that we already have. Um, And so that's how I think about transitions and reinvention and trying to move through them, though they can be the toughest times in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, Still move with them with like the utmost tenderness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, in a way that's not completely arm swiping a table
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) that that we almost start to resent about ourselves but really like like placing the things that we that did serve us from the past and Mm -hmm. and discovering new things that we hadn't yet right yeah about ourselves
0: I think that you just changed, like gave me a full paradigm shift Mm. on reinvention, right? Like I say reinvention is the spice of life. I'm all for it. If you at any point do not feel that who you are currently is who you want to be, then by all means pivot. Like do you, you know, nobody, there's nobody to say you have to be the same person today. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, and even you know, if you want to change today and then change tomorrow, do what you need to do. But for me, there's always been this thought that I have to move from the person I was in totality, right? Like, forget that old D, new D is coming into existence, you know, it's going to be a new day, and all of that. But what I hear you saying is hold space for that old version of you keep the good from that person. And even though that part of your identity may have been tied to the trauma, you know, the grief, the the whatever it is that you feel you need to reinvent yourself from, instead of getting rid of her altogether, mm-hmm. embrace her and bring her along for the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am in the middle of a transition right now. Like this is yeah. my personal opt out time where I am, you know, feeling like there is a need for reinvention. I am stepping out on faith. I'm relocating, you know, like all of these things are happening and there's been this thought of, okay, we've got to leave this, the, the yeah. D, you know, the hurt D the broken relationships, leave her here. Do not bring her into the new. Mm. And I think that 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 puts so much pressure on. It does.
1: Yeah. Um, It does. Now, one thing that came up for me as you were speaking is, you know, there are things that we can do that are more, I guess, abrupt than the, like, the slow slow growth of, like, a, a fluid um, kind of learning of ourselves, which I think we are fully in control of our habits and like our actions and what we do. And I find that, you know, I've had moments for sure in my, I I feel like I've had so many seasons of life, like, (laughs) um, but I have had moments for sure where I've wanted to really turn my back on a younger a younger life that I' that mm-hmm. I've had. Um, but for me, what I when I say like so much is available to us, I also mean our, our like we're thinking at we're right so far we've been talking at the macro level of who we are. but mm-hmm. at the micro level, what's also available to us is our daily choices. Mm -hmm. and they do think that our daily choices inform how we feel they inform the new value system we want to adopt that will then inform the new woman we version of a woman we grow into Mm -hmm. and so i really am becoming um and i just had a birthday so this is probably the week where top of mind even more in the year than any other time. Um, But I really do believe that, um, well, I am starting to become more and more hypersensitive to every single choice I make, Mm. every choice I make, because I think we're gatekeepers. We're gatekeepers of our energy, of our our spirit, whatever that means to you. Um, we're, we're, We're gatekeepers of our composure Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, when I think about what can I do immediately that represents change or and that will kind of propel me to continue to evolve into the woman I want to be, it's about paying really sensitive attention to every choice that I'm making, the every phone call that I answer, mm-hmm. every way in which I respond to someone else's reaction. Um, the way in which I translate how I am triggered into like internalized mm-hmm. um, the way I'm interpreting the world the the way I'm supporting others and receiving love mm-hmm. just every single exchange I'm having with people, with my relationship to the purpose of my work, mm-hmm. with social media and the larger, like, I don't know, there's so many different, um, there's so many discourses, like social discourses we could partake in and being very selective about which ones I am emotionally invested in Um, and being just like a fierce gatekeeper of what comes into my orbit and what does not have permission to come out Mm. or does not have permission to. So I think by making, by getting in a habit, a consistent habit of just being hypersensitive to our most minute choices, we will just organically evolve into the person that we want because it'll change our value system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Change our value system and how we see ourselves within that value system or ecosystem.
0: I agree. I agree. And I, as a as a brand strategist, a personal brand strategist, I always talk to my clients about their personal core brand values. Mm-hmm. And I say that those are the litmus test to every decision in your life, right? So right. like you said, whether you pick up that phone call, if you know who it is on the other end, do they fulfill or what that person is about at least two to three of your core brand values? You know, like one of mine is laughter. Mm -hmm. Am I going to spend my time engaged with somebody who's an energy suck or somebody who brings joy and laughter into my Mm -hmm. life? You know, that's a core brand value of mine. And I make a decision based on that. Another one is rest and resting without guilt. Is this new project going to run me ragged Mm. Or am I going to be able to embrace resting when I need to, not yes. when somebody else says I'm allowed to? And will I be able to do it in peace? Yeah. Um, so, you know, being on that journey, kind of, you know, figuring out what that new value system is for you mm-hmm. is important. So when we talk about, you know, value system and 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 evolving into this newer version of the woman that you are. What are some of the questions in your own journey that you kind of had to ask yourself, you know, to make sure that you were on the right course?
1: Yeah, I think I'm queen of trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm queen of um, of uh, failure and rebounds. Um, so, because I, I mean, I think, and I say that because I think I have asked myself the right poignant questions at times um, answered them spot on and relapsed so many times. So I say that to preface, you know, sometimes we recognize we there are areas where we need to evolve um, and, you know, the decision can feel so definite, like I'm deciding to, to change and to, um, to reinvent, to reimagine, um, but on the course there's like, towards that, there can be so much stop and go. So I just wanna, um, when you when you have the right question, it can take a while to get to the right answer. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but the most important thing is you have the questions, you're asking yourself the right questions and you can continue to answer them in different phases mm-hmm. in different ways um, over the span of your growth. I think questions that I have asked myself Hmm. I mean, the one of the biggest questions that for me, so much of my reflection and um, I guess my openness to trust myself and also to trust people I'm in relationship with is what does home feel like for me? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, in my book I wrote about um, coming home to ourselves, yeah. and what does that mean for us? And for me, what does home feel like is really important because I've, I've led a, a fairly transient life. Um, I've had a lot of movement in my life, I would say, um, whether that's from family, romantic relationships, friendships, Um, motherhood has taken its toll Mm -hmm. and so in all of the movement in life and the transition and the overstimulation and being thrust into situations that I wanted, some I didn't, some I came unexpectedly and I had to adjust really quickly through all of that. there's not a lot of stillness unless you're really intentional about it. Okay. And and without a lack, I mean, there is, I forgot who said this, but you can't have revelation without, oh God, it's getting on my nerves. It's right at the tip of my tongue. You can... It's gonna come to me before okay. the conversation. But you, you can, essentially what it was, was you cannot have revelations without stillness. You just, mm. you just can't, don't <laughs> know? No. It well, just doesn't happen. Hear you have you to be seen to hear yourself. You have to hear yourself, yeah. Um, and I went to, um, I had an experience with a, a group of black women this past weekend. We did forest bathing. And um, one of the things that uh, a gentleman said who was leading the session, he said, what are you missing out on when your mind's busy? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And for me, I think for so long, I was missing out on the ability to identify and sink into whatever home was for me. Okay, Um, Because I've... I've kind of felt um, kind of like a supporting character in my own life.
0: Ooh, okay. For a while. Uh
1: And I think I just, I think for me, kind of the recalibration that has come in the last few years as I've continued to ask myself, what does home look like for me? It's making kind of my life, my center domain, making myself the main character of my story. Um, And it's and it's being very attuned to what gives me safety. Mm -hmm. Um, When do I feel most alive? Mm -hmm. When do I feel most loved? What is what is not love? Um, And being able to identify them very quickly so that I can be the gatekeeper of my home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow. So this this idea, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of being a supporting character in your own life. Again, something else that really resonates with me and I think a lot of black women because we are always on the go, we are supportive of so many other people that we never take center stage in our own lives. And I love that you you say that because that is what this black woman opt out movement is all about. It's about mm-hmm. us taking center stage in our own lives and saying no to all of the extra stuff, the societal expectations, mm-hmm. the 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 white noise, the you know mm-hmm. your, your chauffeur, your nurse, your doctor, your chef, your you know, lover, your friend, your, you know, all of these other characters in your life. But at the end of the day, you're just supporting everyone mm-hmm. else and you're, you're you're not the main character yeah. your own life yeah. right and, and your body is literally going through motions yeah
1: yeah and so and so for me being the main character is just being so attuned to how my body my nervous system is feeling
0: in yeah. the present yes resetting that 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 traumatic nervous system too right like mm-hmm. there's this whole part of of of, of uh, trauma recall within your nervous system that happens when you don't take time to listen to yourself you know yeah. when you're not quiet enough to hear what's going to kill yeah. you um so so that is that's fantastic this idea of creating or making not even creating you are here making yourself the main character in your story you yeah. know yeah um so you've mentioned that there is this strength as a demand on mm. black women. I think this was mm. one that came from a quote in uh, your book. But and and how do we command softness then from others when we are trying to be soft to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a tough one because.
1: You know, I mean, I think so many of us have been at the mercy of this notion of strength.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Women and Black women, but also men Mm -hmm. too. And so when you ask that question, what I'm relating it to my own life, Getting other people to kind of receive our softness, kind of de, uh, kind of de-weaponize or debunk their own strength, mm-hmm. um, which can be challenging, when you when that other person is a black man. Right. Um, so there's that. <laughs> um, because I think like just as a collective, as a community, just this word strength needs to be. Mm-hmm revisited on so many fronts, um, but that is challenging because not everyone is on the same journey as us, mm-hmm. and we can be acutely aware to the kind of the ripple effect of this commitment to strength that demand and the demands of it on us and our bodies and our lives and our relationships, um, but not everyone is on that learning journey with us. Yeah. And so I think it's, I mean, it's less about controlling or, or having, you know, any control over how they're kind of navigating their relationship with strength. And um, But it's more about, to me, what, it, what is in our control is how we can just our own reaction when someone's healing journey doesn't mirror ours. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and that can be very frustrating because mm-hmm. you're you can feel like you're you're getting smarter, you're getting wiser, mm-hmm. you're getting more, you know, intuitive. Um and it c- kind of can create a, a gap between mm-hmm. the people you love, or the people who love you, and you're literally starting to speak a different language than them. Yes,
0: yes. yes. And they, they don't understand it. So the audience may or may not have, uh, I may have shared this story before, but there there was a, a client that I was working with and um, he was scope creeping in. What is that? Scope creeping. So it's when you contract for a specific set of services but then like the client comes back and they're like, Oh, well, can you do this also? And you might say yes. Cause it's really small at the time, but then they take that. It's like you give them an inch and they take a mile and then they keep like increasing the scope without wanting to pay you for the additional work. Got it. So he, we had contracted for a finite amount of time and he was like months over that time. Right. For me to get the, the project done. And he had asked me something and my answer to him was no. And he comes back to me and he says, we don't use no in business. It has a negative connotation. And I went back and because I'm, I'm a little fiery, you know, and you know, I had to Zen myself out first because my, my, old D response would have been a lot more contentious, right? But this new, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I said, well, no is a great word in my world. I said, it denotes boundaries and it allows me the permission to accept or deny what I bring into my world. I said, so, You know, I I think I ended it with, however you choose to interpret that is fully on you. But in my world, I use no as a complete sentence. Mm, Good job. Right? And and I felt so good about that. Yeah, Because the old me would have, it just would have been the trauma response, if I am honest about it. You know what I mean? Like this whole idea of you know somebody coming into my world and telling me what I should and shouldn't do and uh, but the more informed d understands that like you were saying not everybody is at the same place that i am now right. um and uh, my my healing journey or my boundary journey won't always align with what people are willing to give me um you know and so i had to explain it i always take most situations sometimes i'm like i just don't have the bandwidth mm-hmm myself, you know, like no means no. And it's a complete sentence. But in this moment, I felt like, you know, it it was my part of my gift, if you will, kind of inform, you know, like, however you want choose to interpret it is how you choose to interpret it. But this is is setting a boundary for myself that you have well exceeded and taken advantage of. But now I'm putting this in place because I don't. And more importantly, um, not, I don't have, but I don't want to.
1: I don't want to
0: be doing this anymore. Yeah. I, I, I could. yeah,
1: I love that. I mean, I think we also always have to, you know, use our own discernment as to when an explanation is mm-hmm. um, needed, necessary, more for them than for us. But when you can already tell with the type of relationship you held. You can already tell if you didn't explain it, if you didn't make it crystal clear, they would continue to do it. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And this idea of strength. So, I'll be honest, the word strength and resilience is very quickly getting put in my bucket of words I hate, along with hustle, mm-hmm. grind, and, um, uh what is, there's one more hustle, grind, and there's one other, it's escaping me right now. Like hustle and grind, I've kind of um I've taken out of my vocabulary yeah. thing yeah. words anymore. Yeah. You know, and this notion of strength and resiliency and all of like I hate hearing those words now because Honestly, I don't want to have. To. I'm thankful for it, right? So, so it's like this love hate relationship. I'm thankful for the strength that I that I possess. I am thankful for the level of resiliency that I have within me to bounce back and to come back. But I don't want to always have to be that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want this? I don't want the situations to arise as consistently as they have mm-hmm. my life for me to have to be so strong all the time, you know, right. for me to have to have that level of resiliency. Yeah. Um, so those are the questions for my journey, my opt out journey that I've been asking myself, how do I live a life where I don't have to rely on resiliency every couple of years, it seems like I need this, this bounce back, you know, like, how do I start living more yeah. opt- basically within what I was put here for, so that there's not this struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, It's this, you know, this power dynamic almost between me living softer and this strength that I have to exude all of the time. It's exhausting. It's so tiring when people say that, oh, you're so strong. How do you do like, that's not a compliment to me anymore. You know, it's just like, yeah, but if you only knew the story behind all of this, you know, like I don't wear it as a badge of honor. I'm tired. Yeah. And I wish that there was somebody else. And at this moment in my life, you know, I have no romantic partner, it's just me. And I, like, I wish that I had somebody to relax into where I don't mm-hmm. have to always wear the armor myself. So st- strength and resilience are getting into that bucket with grind and hustle and all of those words. Pardon the interruption, as I know this episode of the Black Woman Opt Out is fire. If you are ready to have a space of your own that nourishes your mind, body, and soul on your personal opt-out journey, look no further than the design services of the Opt Out Oasis, providing professional top-tier interior e-design services for your home, she shed, place of business, and more. It is time to embrace the space around you that will allow you to decompress from the stress and overstimulation of the world. Head to optoutoasis.com for more information. Now back to the podcast.
1: Another word that is in my bucket is productivity. and like have a productive week and I'm like, or not, right? or not. <laughs> <laughs> because both, you know, all of those words, they kind of exude like progress forward. Mm-hmm. We have such um like a disdain to this the idea of moving back or the idea of being still. The okay. only measure of success is forward. Mm-hmm. And it's like but day by day, week by week, year by year, we're measured against yeah. that. Like our 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 success, and I don't even know if this is a word, but impressionability
0: right. is yeah.
1: measured on that.
0: Um, yes. It's
1: just- and it really is counterproductive to um and you know, all of those words are extremely subjective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they're too vague to even be, you know, some of them are, are too vague to even be accomplishable. Like mm-hmm. resilience is, you know, we can be extre- we can be extremely resilient in the way people might think of recovering from a heartbreak, but mm-hmm. we're just such multi-dimensional people that I don't adhere to those like big broad words Um, and they also are very counterproductive to the idea of stillness and the idea of maybe I don't want to do said thing and I want to opt out and I want to choose um, I want to focus on smaller day by day choices my daily habits Mm -hmm. my daily routines the things that keep me grounded and I don't want to focus on um, these These big, high reaching, you know, Mm -hmm. absorbent, all in all like full body encompassing Mm -hmm. um, efforts to appease other people's perceptions of me based Mm -hmm. on their own idea of perfectionism. Maybe
0: I want to opt out on that and still. Goodness. Yeah. You hit it right the nail on the head. Like, maybe I don't want to, maybe yeah. activity to me right now in this moment is not important. Maybe, maybe the output is not what is yeah. going to move me forward. You know, maybe I don't want to move forward right now. I just want to be yeah. still and be yeah. and to myself. Um, so, <laughs> and, and
1: also one thing, maybe being the most productive thing I can do is be still like the words are so convoluted in how we define them Mm -hmm. or what we assume they, they mean that productivity to most is outcomes. But I say this all the time, like you can be productive and do nothing because in that nothingness I imagined, I used my imagination in that nothingness, I rested Mm -hmm. so that I can do more. In that in that like stillness, I healed. I wrote. I journaled. I was just with myself, and that is so productive. But we just need to kind of just revisit the our relationships with like production, producing, deli- like delivering something that the world can then assess us. I guess.
0: Yeah. Right. And 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 make make them feel better about their perception of us. And so. Yeah. An example of that, (laughs) I went out and got a job at the nursery down the street and I'm freaking watering plants and it was glorious. I mean, me and my whole MBA watering plants (laughs) because I needed a moment to breathe. I I wanted to be in nature. I didn't want to have to bring any of the work home with me. I didn't care about people's Perception of me and what they thought I should be doing, any of the things that I've accomplished in the past. Like I just needed a moment to be. And no, this isn't long term, you know. Like of course I'm not going to be watering plants for the rest of my life. But if I wanted to, great. Like I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. That has allowed me to do in the the moments where I leave clock out of work. And I come home. I'm not thinking about the one million other things yeah. that you know happen when you are own your own business or you're working for others, right? Because oftentimes you don't leave that work at work. You don't leave yeah. it. When you close your laptop and you get up from your desk and you're going, you know, to do whatever mm-hmm. else. It's a constant thought. What this has allowed me to do is really to breathe life. Mm-hmm my next phase into my yeah. next business idea is and bringing all of these things to life. Because as I'm standing there in the serenity of house plants, <laughs> you know, I'm able to just be and to okay. breathe in all of that fresh air and de-stress. Um, and That's so like, that is part of my opt out. Like that was a conscious decision. Um, and so this idea of not caring what other people impose on us and what their their thoughts of our identity should be, and assessing value and worth to what we are producing mm-hmm. is so like that. It's just so bogus to me. It's it's. So bogus. it's, it's I mean, it's man made. It's
1: yeah. It's like, I mean. I, yeah, with work all the time, we're like we created these deadlines ourselves. Like uh, uh, so much of this pressure itself, just um, self-inducing, and it's um, it's it's literally made up. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not. It's not correlated to like how the universe is working for us. Like it. It's right. not. And so. Um, Yeah, I love the idea of opting out because it really takes control back um, and it recognizes and is very unapologetic in um, kind of separating ourselves from the status quo. Exactly. And it's individuality at its best to Mm -hmm.
0: me. Mm -hmm. Which is so beautiful. Yeah. It's so gorgeous at the end of the day. So I want to round out this conversation, um, bringing it back to your expertise in storytelling and self narratives and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and this idea of right opting out, creating a new narrative, creating a new journey, what do you say to those women who feel shame around their story? Mm. How how can you, I, others, just all of us collectively help potentially support those who are on this healing journey, this self-discovery journey, and and help them to embrace this story, right? Mm. Rather than feeling so much shame and guilt around what has happened to them, right? Mm. Like what has happened to you? Not what did you do, but what has happened to you, that has put you in this place right now? Yeah. Um, shame is such a big,
1: such a, it holds so much space in our lives when we have it. Um, you know, I think the, what makes us such casualties of shame is the fact that so many of us, are journeying through life in silos. Mm-hmm. And I think loneliness and shame kind of have a, a codependent relationship. Um, because I, what I've found is that when I um, am in community with other women and other people who have experienced, um, who have had similar life experiences, it unlocks a little bit. And then when I talk about when I write about it, it unlocks a little bit more Then when I start to talk about it. It unlocks a little bit more. Um, And then it it offers a normalcy in our traumas and our pasts. You know, shame is also I think it's a hard thing to tackle and a hard thing to give advice on because so many things inform our shame. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's society and messages at large there's comparison there's family expectations there's gender expectations there's um respectability you know in the workplace or um, in social settings like what's what's respectable what is respected what is not um, and the things that are not applauded out loud we keep to ourselves mm-hmm. and so there's this like there's a full spectrum of our life experiences there's a full spectrum of the many things that inform our shame and we tend to live at like the polar ends of, of each either yeah. it's so shameful or it is so celebrated mm-hmm. the things that are in between are just not acknowledged because they're not a big deal enough or they're just not normalized enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I think like community is so important to filling the gap of that middle space.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: the, it, I mean again, I I bring it back to like our every like how we are living our lives every day. We tend to assign shame to such big moments in our life like big moments that felt catastrophic Mm -hmm. that like altered life in one day or in one Mm -hmm. experience, um, or one series of experiences. And I think, you know, for me when I think about the things that I might've been shameful of in the past, um, how I approach it is really giving grace to the person I was in my everyday, like just recognizing like the whole person yes. should not be measured against the one incident. Yes. yes, Um And so I think like filling the gap between this like wide spectrum um, by normalizing conversation around it
0: mm-hmm. is really
1: important to dismantling shame.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's beautifully said, you know, this, this in between of, of the, 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 the polars, right. So mm-hmm. shame and celebration um, often just gets ignored. And so when things are big, then they're big. And it's like, we, we either react really negatively to it or, you know, It the positive reinforcement of the celebration, you know, happens, and that's fantastic. But what happens in between is just everyday life, you know. And so, one of the things that I have, I'm not the greatest at it yet. I I will admit this, but like drinking the champagne Mm
1: -hmm. on a
0: Wednesday, just because you made it damn day. Right. Like sometimes that is a cause for celebration. Right. And, 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 or, or, or taking a bath, you know, bubble bath uh, on a day that isn't necessarily designated for self-care. It's not self-care Sunday. You know, like who cares? I love that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we have such, we are, we've become so dependent on validation. Right. And, if something, if we don't receive validation, then it's like, oh, well, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, we kind of, like, there's this, um, I don't know if you're familiar with artist way, but I, I love it. I talk about it all the time, but um, how it starts off is recognizing how many of us are such shadow artists. So if we're not praised for the thing, then we just like seek back into the shadows. Yep. We, and then we start to identify with the shadows, feeling mm-hmm. like that's where we belong. Yep. Um, and so I think the the spontaneous celebrations that we can, you know, give ourselves flowers or wine or champagne,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, figuratively and literally giving ourselves the flowers mm-hmm. on a regular Shemegular Tuesday, it's it's decoupling ourselves from the necessity of validation as well.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And around shame, you know, the I think the biggest thing that I can say is you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Giving yourself grace to have learned a lesson. And though that lesson may have been a hard one, to release the shame that was created around it by giving yourself the grace to say, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. Now I know better so I can do better. Absolutely. But your story at the end of the day is your story. And nobody else in this world is going to have the same exact story and resting in that and knowing that that makes you uniquely beautiful. Mm-hmm. right? And uh, changing that mindset around what your narrative and your story has been um and embracing the beauty of it and embracing the beauty of an ugly start embracing the beauty of the things that you've gone through to make you who you are now that doesn't mean that you're going to stay who you are because we talked about reimagining you know and reinvention and all of those things at the beginning of this conversation but allowing yourself to take the shame and identifying what you feel shameful about and then having a paradigm shift around those things, you know, for sure. Uh, and that's part of what I feel my journey is, is bringing to life and to light, you know, a lot of my journey and my story, you know, and it gives people permission Mm -hmm. to feel better about theirs. Right. Because most of us don't look like what we've been through. You know, mm-hmm. and um, most of us are telling ourselves this story for sure about who we are. And then when you hear that someone else has either gone through something similar or, you know, something oftentimes worse than what you've been through, and you're like, girl, what are you crying over? This person, like, get yeah. your stuff together because you really don't have it as badly as the other person that you just learned about, you know? For sure. It puts things into perspective. Um, so, you know, I just want to close with a thank you again. You know, this has yeah. been so enlightening. I think that yeah. you're, you've probably been told this before, but you have one of the most calming voices. I I've- have. <laughs> that is so funny. You know, I have, I had a podcast
1: myself called Life yeah. My on And when I started recording, people were like, can you start a meditation and <laughs> Yes. And when I listen, I'm like, I sound like I'm 12
0: years old, Mm -mm. but (laughs) that's so interesting. Wonderful. It's like one of the most calming voices (laughs) and presence that that. I've encountered in a very long time. Um, Anything that you'd like to leave the audience with? How can people find you? Where can they get your book? All of that good stuff. Um, Well, I think all things me are um,
1: available on my website, which is just ChloeRubozo.com. Um, My book is there, links to my podcast are there, more of what I do in my professional work um, is also there in production and storytelling. Um, I'm trying not to uh, have Instagram be my first go-to because um, lately I've been on there less and less, and I'm really loving that. Um, So if you happen to find me on Instagram, Chloe underscore Dulce, have at it. Um, But otherwise, um, yeah, my website is where I I keep all important links, I think.
0: Wonderful. You guys, make sure you check her out. Support her, please. Um, Buy the book. Take a weekend. Read through the essays that these wonderful women have written. um, Dive into their stories. And it really just might unlock something within you and your story to allow you the grace, right, to to kind of move forward and redefine yeah. your journey. So thank you so thank much, Chloe. You. This has been so good. So yes. good. yes, I'm so, so thankful. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you for uh, encouraging more Black women to opt out. I mean, if we all knew that that was an actual choice um, and that no tragedy is on the other side of opting out, Mm -hmm. only freedom and liberation, I think, you know, more of us would be able to be lighter and freer um, from the things that hold us down. So thank Mm -hmm. you.
0: Hey, Deandra Coleman here. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Black Woman Opt Out podcast. I want to encourage you or someone that you know to apply to be a guest if you are interested in sharing your opt out journey. We are always looking for Black women who are ready to amplify their voice and engage in meaningful dialogues that destigmatize opting out, promoting mental health, self discovery, and challenging societal expectations. Contact us at theblackwomenoptout.com. Scroll down to be a guest and fill out the application there.